0: this is Ghislaine from Race Reflections. Welcome to At Work, our fortnightly podcast on all things inequality, injustice and oppression in the workplace. And as always, I would like to invite you to send your queries, your questions your dilemmas to at work at riskreflections.co.uk or contact at And so we get them occasionally, and when we do get them, we do oblige. We try to spend some time thinking and suggesting some possible resolutions. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. This podcast, this space is all about what you think would be helpful for us to explore. And so a new episode there hasn't been, as far as I'm aware, any request, And so I would like to take the space today to think a little bit about the latest article that I have written. Sometimes people get in touch and they want to know who writes the article that we publish on a monthly basis now on race reflections. In the main, those articles are only accessible to members, but occasionally I do try to make them accessible to the general public. So I might share them for a few days generally on the weekend that they are published to non members. And then after a agreed period of time, then they become a member only space. And so this is a call again. Our door is still open unofficially for people to Pick up a membership and to become a member if you are interested in what I have to say about inequality, injustice, and oppression in the world at large with a particular focus on racism and anti-racism as related to liberatory practice. And so, yes, the latest article. So what was it about? So in the latest article, I think a fairly controversial article. I mean, those of you who follow my work and my words would know that I am not the one to shy away from challenge. I am definitely not the one to shy away from controversy. But I do not do controversy for controversy's sake. I do controversy when I do think that there is an important issue, there is an important matter that we need to think about together, that we need to reflect on. And perhaps because of sensitivities, we are stopping ourselves, we are self-censoring when it comes to addressing the issue or the matter. And so, yes, I'm quite frank and direct. And so if you know me and if you know my work, you will know that I tend to say things as I say them and I tend to speak the truth as I see it. And indeed, it has occasionally landed me in trouble, particularly in this country. But nonetheless, what was the latest piece about? So the latest piece was on what I call the normalised sexual harassment of black women. So in the latest article, I argue that there is a form of racialized and sexualized harassment that goes on in workplaces within most institutions and that targets black women and that is enacted by white women. So what I am saying is that there is a form of harassment that we do not want to see, that we do not want to speak about, but nonetheless affect the work lives of black women. that is the gist of the piece. And so to make the case, I use the idea of misogynoir, which is essentially the intersection of anti-Black racism and misogyny. I use the idea of rape culture, which is essentially the culture that gets created when rape, when sexual violence is normalized, is expected, and that culture is reliant on a set of assumption, social expectation, such as, for example, the notion that women must be submissive, the notion that women are to blame if they are targeted, by sexually abusive men, and a lot more. And then I look at the idea of the white gaze, an idea that has been introduced by Sartre and Lacan, and then taken up, I say, by Fanon, and then by a range of feminist thinkers. And so I bring those three ideas together, the idea of misochinoir, the idea of rep culture, and the idea of the white gaze and what I argue is that we need to have an intersectional understanding of the white gaze so that we're able to add some nuance when it comes to understanding how power is used in a sexualized manner via the gaze. And so that is the gaze of people in position of power. So it might be the male gaze back to feminism, or it might be the white gaze back to Fanon, for example. But we need to add some differentiation. So what I say is that, for example, the white gaze when enacted by men. So we might say the white male gaze. And what I say, in the piece is that the white women gaze or the female white gaze or the white female gaze, which the way you want to order those words, is something that has escaped our theorization, something that has escaped our attention, but it is something that caused a lot of damage in the workplace. And it is something that really affects the working life, as I say, of black and brown women, particularly black women women who are sexualized and hypersexualized a particular way. So this is the gist of the piece. It's quite, I would say, a dense and an academic piece, but nonetheless, I have tried really hard to make it accessible language wise. So when I have used technical language or when I have used jargon and there's not so much in the piece, I have explained. And so from the feedback that I have obtained, it peers appears that the majority of people, if not all of the people who have read the piece, have said that they found it challenging, of course, I write things that are challenging, but also that they were able to grasp the bulk of what I am talking about. And the bulk of what I am talking about is that I I say that this form of normalized harassment, and I use more or less the Equalities Act definition of harassment, which is conduct that is unwanted, that so therefore that you do not consent uh, to, and that has the purpose or effect of violating your dignity or creating a hostile environment for you that degrades, that humiliates or that makes you feel intimidated. So essentially, this is what I am using as the framework of sexual harassment. That's not to say that is the best framework. I'm always transparent in saying there's always other ways to think about things and to conceptualise and formulate phenomena, right? But we do need to start somewhere. And so i started with that definition, which I think is broad enough to make the case. But it's also helpful because in the workplace, then that would tap into not only issues to do with equality legislation. And so if we say to organisation, hang on a minute, this is a high-risk situation here. This is a high-risk behaviour that's not getting attention. and and that is likely to be in breach of the Equalities Act, then I suspect many people in position of leadership are likely to pay attention. So what is the kind of harassment that I speak about in the piece? I'm talking about through the white female gaze. I'm talking about, for example, breach of Bodily boundaries so when people are touched they hear a touch or mess with I'm talking about stairs I'm talking about question often framed as curiosity sexual curiosity around you know what it is like to have sex with black men how do black men perform how do black men look naked I mean those sorts of questions that if you are not a woman and if you're not necessarily a black woman you might not really understand and how common those experiences are. And in fact, what I say in the piece is that through my own lived experience and the conversation that I've had over the years with I'd say hundreds, easily hundreds of women, possibly even thousands of women, that this are very common experience. In my own lived experience, I have experienced this kind of harassment at the hands of white women more than I have experienced harassment at the hands of men of any ethnicity or racial background within institution and within the workplace. So those behaviours are extremely common. It is either that we choose not to see them or that we do not consider them impactful. But if we go back to the definition of harassment, again, on the ground of protected characteristic, Here we're talking about race. Here we're talking about gender or sex, creating an environment that violates your dignity, that makes you feel degraded, humiliated and safe. Generally, that's the bulk of it. So if you think about the kind of thing that I've been talking about, for example, uninvited conversation, unwanted comment around your sexuality or curiosity around the sexuality of black men, hands in your hair, a comment around your body shape, comment about your weight. They are all racialized, of course, but I think most people would not struggle too much with accepting that those comments and those behavior have a strong racial flavor. They are most definitely racialized comments, but I think where we struggle is to also accept that they are sexualized comments. Right. But when you think about it just, you know, for a few minutes, what is not sexual about asking someone about the sexual performance of a particular group of men? What's not sexual about that? What's not sexual about commenting about people's body shape? you know, their hips, their bum, their thighs, you know, their breasts, are sexy they might look. What's not sexual there? I think the reason why, as I say in the piece, we struggle with that is because the quotation mark perpetrators, the subjects of those behaviour are women. And not only are they women, but they are white women. And so that challenge a whole host of social expectation, racialized expectation, but also gendered expectation. And so, yes, what can we do? I think what I really want to leave you with is I guess for you to think maybe to rethink what we mean by sexual harassment because of cis-hetero-patriarchal norms. We tend not to to want to accept that women, and indeed white women, are capable of enacting sexual violence, right? In our mind, in the popular culture, the typical sexual offender or sexual transgressor is a cis heterosexual man. Now, of course, numbers don't lie. And so I do not want to question the reality that most sexual offenders, sex offenders are men. That is not something that is up for debate. And I do not want to also deny the fact that when we are talking about sexual violence, we cannot take power out of the equation. And so there is a level of power that is uh, gender in the case of, you might say, general conversation around sexual abuse. But what I'm inviting people to do, and particularly people in the workplace, to also do is to connect to the idea of racialized power, because there is a level of power that is not necessarily grasped and not necessarily named between white women and black women. And this power might not be gendered, but it is racialized. And within institution, in addition to being racialized, there is a level of of asymmetry that is often to do with seniority and hierarchy within the workplace. So you must definitely have a power asymmetry. That means that this kind of enactment, however sexualized and racialized they are, are grounded in unequal power. And that is, I would argue, the foundation of sexual violence and indeed harassment. And so, yes, open your eyes. If black women feel safe, they will speak about their experience. It's important that we speak about bodily and embodied uh, boundaries. It's important that we understand why they matter have a link to issues of equality, have a link to the reproduction. Therefore for inequality and injustice, and particularly in our present context, the repetition of misogynoir tropes and anti-Black constructions. And so, yes, that is it—a controversial. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I say controversial because it's a different take on sexual violence. It's a different take of rap culture. But I argue that actually, everything that we do that sustain the system of white cis patriarchy, we do so because we have internalized. Those social structures. So it is to be expected that we would reproduce a level of violence that we swim in. However, in order to resist and in order to continue to defy and to subvert the system we need to be prepared to open our eyes and we need to be prepared to challenge ourselves how we view things what we pay attention to and what therefore gets normalized and so i hope the latest space has helped people to engage with that and also i hope the podcast is kind of helpful to give you a sense of what the article was about and has given you something to think about Okay, well, please send me your comments, your questions, your queries, new material. Do you have something to say about what I call the normalized sexualized harassment that black women experience? Please get in touch, get in touch. I'm quite certain, actually, I'm very confident that this experience is quite common. And so that is it. I'm leaving you to do some reflection, take some action. And until next time, please take care. Hello, this is Dave from Race Reflections, the person who puts the podcast together. I'm just here to add a quick note to say that whilst our episodes usually air on the first and third Monday of every month, due to breaking for the holidays, the first episode of At Work in 2022 will be out on Monday, January the 17th. And from all the team at Race Reflections, We'd like to wish you a safe and nourishing break whether you are celebrating any of the festivals or none of them. And we're looking forward to continuing to reflect with you in the new year.